The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Thank you so much for coming to worship with us this morning. Mark chapter number 10 is where our scripture reading will be. Uh, please stand with me, if you would, as we read God's Word this morning. If you have a service program that you should have received on your way in, go ahead and take that out. Inside is an outline that you can use to follow along with us as we read and as we study God's Word together this morning. Mark chapter number 10, the Bible says, starting in verse number 13, And they brought children to him. So this is people coming to Jesus, and they're bringing children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter Therein. This morning, Pastor is going to bring a message simply entitled Caring for Kids. And so good to have each and every one of you in God's house here uh, today and excited about what the Lord is doing here uh, through the Ambassador Baptist Church. Over the last couple of months, we've had the opportunity of really uh, focusing in on the next generation, of course, with our vision service. You guys want to throw that in real quick if something's up? This is going to be a little awkward, but uh, we'll just kind of hang out here for a moment. And. Uh, Ben, from this vantage point, you look like you're losing some hair. Are you getting old here? <laughs> I was teasing with him the other day. I told him, I said, I think you're getting at that point where you need to do a comb over, you know, where, you know, he starts, <laughs> it's so bad. I'm, 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 I'm going to get in so much trouble. Ben, you know I love you, right? <laughs> He's like, I was trying to help the guy out, and here all of a sudden, he's no. All right, and uh, so over the last couple of uh, over the last couple of months, this year specifically, we've been trying to really zone in on uh, enhancing and cultivating our children's ministries, our student ministries. We talked about it at Vision Service, and again at our Vision Banquet. Uh, we even sacrificed and generos- generously gave uh, to enhance some of these things. And it's been exciting to see what God's been doing in our children's department over the last few months. Many of the opportunities uh, that they've been involved in. Uh, how many of you heard that our kids got to sing the national anthem this week at the Grizzly Stadium? And so that was really neat. Many of you were there and uh, got to support them in that way. Uh, in fact, the owner of the Grizzlies actually posted on his website posted a picture and just uh, how moved he was about the kids' performance and things. And it was really encouraging for him uh, just to see that, you know, those young kids having a heart to sing. And that was a a really neat thing. And so those that came out to support, I just wanted to say thank you uh, for that. Uh, We're also this year going to be doing a vacation Bible school. That actually starts right now. So your children next door are getting kind of day one of vacation Bible stories and all those type of things. It's going to continue tonight at 6.30, and then it'll continue each night thereon at 6.30. You can register kids and grandkids at 6 o'clock. It officially kind of starts at 6.30, and there's going to be prizes for them to win. There'll be ribbons, different opportunities for them. And so here at Ambassador Baptist Church, we're really trying to do our very best to cultivate and nurture uh, the next generation of believers. Uh, A couple months ago, we did a parenting class, 
And so today we're going to kind of continue with that theme. Uh, and I want to speak on the subject of caring for children. Uh, how many of you, raise your hand, you have kids or grandkids? Raise your hand, you've got kids or grandkids? So for the majority uh, of us in this room kind of are engaged. We have kids, grandkids that we're engaging with on a regular basis. And uh, for many of you that have been parents, are, are currently parenting, uh, parenting, uh, one person said, is the process of going back and forth between pride and panic. And uh, those of you who are parents, you know what I'm talking about. Like, pride is that, you know, sense you get when your kids come in and tell you they just made $143 at the garage sale. That brings you a sense of pride. Uh, Panic is when you walk outside and realize your car is now missing, you know. And, you know, that's just the life of being a parent and being a mom and dad. There's just those, you go back and forth. And and, uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to steward the lives of the next generation. And, and, And here in this passage that was just read by Pastor Nick, uh, we see Jesus Christ providing two things. First of all, he provides an example of how to engage children, whether we're talking about our own children, whether we're talking about grandchildren. He gives us a model, an example that we can look to here as to how to engage children. But he also gives us a metaphor on how our Heavenly Father engages us as believers. And so there's kind of this dual kind of process going on here. And as we're going to take some time this morning to really unpack uh, what it means to care for children. This morning, we're going to look at three ways Jesus interacts with these children here in this passage that I believe will actually be prevalent in our own lives as we allow the Holy Spirit of Christ to live his life through us. And so as we're surrendered and yield to the Spirit of God, uh, how the Spirit of God causes us to interact with kids and with grandkids uh, is going to be expressed here in this passage. Now, before we get into it, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, man, I don't have any kids. I don't really have any grandkids. I don't interact with kids on a whole, you know, on a, on a big basis. So is this message like totally irrelevant for me? I would simply say to you that much of what we're going to see played out in this passage is principles that can be applied to the way you cultivate and nurture and enrich the relationships of those people around you. And so it might just be that you're working with a young Christian, a a Christian who might, maybe we would say, you know, metaphorically a child in the faith. Some of these principles that we're going to talk about this morning will apply to that situation situation as well. So I hope however the Holy Spirit wants you to use it, that you'll use it, and I hope that in some way this will be a help and a blessing to you. Let's dive right into our text. Notice what the Bible says here in verse number 14. The Bible says when Jesus saw it, saw what? This situation where the disciples were turning away children. You see, in in biblical times, uh, children were really looked down upon, all right? They did not have a place of prestige. Uh, In fact, in in biblical culture, the older you were, the more respect you got, uh, the more people would honor you, and it would kind of work conversely backwards. In our current culture, children and youth, uh, they tend to get a lot of respect and a lot of focus. It was not the case in biblical times, all right? Kids, children, they were kind of a nuisance. Uh, They didn't have time for children, especially rabbis and and, uh, religious teachers and 
So here, uh, these families bring their children to Jesus, and the disciples are kind of shooing them away. But notice what Jesus does. He does what he often does, and he does what is countercultural. He does the opposite of what you would expect. And it says here, he was much displeased and said unto them, suffer, or we would say it maybe this way in our modern vernacular, allow the little children to come unto me. Now, the reality is Jesus was busy, okay? I mean, you study his life, you realize that's the case. However, as you study his ministry, you're going to find that he always had time for children. And you know what? This is uh, symbolic of the type of relationship that God, our Heavenly Father, has toward us. God, as our Abba Father, okay? In in, uh, the Hebrew if a little Hebrew child was going to approach their, their dad, the term of endearment that they would use in the Hebrew language would be that of Abba. It would be the equivalent in English of saying Dada or Daddy. And that's what the Bible says that we are, and that is who God is to us. He is our Abba Father. And I want to say this, God, as our Abba Father, always takes time for his children. The reality is we are never a bother to God. He's never too busy for us. He always has time to spend with us. He always has time to listen to us. He always has time to care for us. And when we are in our times of need, can I say this? The God of the universe is your Abba Father. He is your Dada. He is your Daddy. He has time for you. And Jesus was symbolically expressing this through these children saying, I have time for these little children, just like your Abba Father Daddy has time for you. You see, in Christ, we are no longer orphans. In Christ, we are no longer outcasts. We are adopted. He is our Abba Father. We are accepted. We are loved in Christ, which leads us here to our first thought if you're taking notes in your guide this morning, and that is simply this. We learn from Jesus about effectively interacting with children as parents. So as parents who are filled with the Spirit of Christ, we too can spend abundant time with our children. As the Spirit of Christ is living through us, we can spend abundant time with our children. You say, well, I don't have children in the home anymore. Then apply this to however you need to apply this. But in Christ... You have the time to do what God has called you to do. If the God of the universe has time for you, then the Spirit of Christ wants to live through you in time for nurturing relationships around you. Ephesians 5 verse 16 says it this way, redeeming the time. What does redeem mean? Redeem simply means to make the best use of time. As a parent, how do you make the best use of your time? How do we redeem the time? Why? Because the days are evil. Every once in a while, and I get stuck in this trap myself, I'll hear a parent say something to the effect of, well, you know, I'm busy, I've got a lot going on, and I can't spend quantity time with my children, uh, but I sure do spend quality time with my children. And and can I just simply say this? Um, Your children your grandkids, uh, the people that God has placed in your life as part of the next generation, they kind of need both quality and quantity time with you. 
Um, they need both of those things. And, and how, how is the Spirit of God going to lead you to structure your life to where you have time for your, for your children, just like your Heavenly Father always makes time for you. You see, when the Spirit of God is able to live through you, He creates margin in your lives for those things which are most important. You've heard this before, but love is often spelt what? T-I-M-E. Love is often spelt just time. Um, I want to encourage you, and I, I struggle with this, and this is something I'm praying God continues to grow in me, but as as parents, man, that when we have an opportunity to engage our children, can I just encourage you, maybe, when you get home, to put down your phone, to close the laptop, uh, to shut off the television, to turn off the movies, and simply give your undivided attention to your children, to give that to your grandchildren. Uh, see, here's, here's how I'll sometimes think, and, and, and maybe you fall into this yourself. Sometimes you can, we can get thinking to ourselves, my child is interrupting me. How many of you have ever fe- felt that before? You've sensed that before. My, chil- my child's interrupting me. You know what? If we were to be really honest with ourselves, and truth be told, it, it's probably our phones and our television and our computers that are interrupting our children. Truth be told. You see, God is your Abba Heavenly Father. He, he makes time for you. And as the Spirit of God has free reign in controlling your schedule and the margin in your life, the Spirit of God will lead you into giving both quality and quantity time to the next generation of believers. And, and so what a wonderful thing that is. I was reading a story a couple months back and there was a uh, a story that had been told about a a little it's a true story a a guy had authored the book and he told the story about an experience that he had and he would often tell his uh children when they would you know he'd be working on something and he'd be really busy and and every once in a while he would say something to the fact of man we've got bills to pay and you know we've got to get things and daddy's got to work and all you know just kind of giving that kind of speech or spiel a little bit you know and, and praise god for dads that are working and providing for their family the Bible says if you do not provide, you're worse than an infidel. And so there's a biblical place to, to provide for your families. And, and yet he, uh, as life and time went on, he found a l- less and less margin for his children, found less and less margin for his family. And uh, one day his daughter had come up to him and he said kind of the same thing. You know, daddy's working right now. She knew what working meant and what it represented and stuff. And about 10 minutes later, she came down. She was about five or six years old. And she came downstairs there where uh, the living room was. And off in the corner, you could see her. She had her little piggy bank and he wasn't really paying attention. He was busy doing his work. And she was over there counting money and kind of, you know. And all of a sudden, the dad noticed that she came over with a handful of coins and she looked at her dad and said, Dad, I'll give you $8.36 if you'll play with me. (laughs) And sometimes we forget, like in the whole scheme of things, man, praise God for the fact that we have an Abba Father who spends time with us. I mean, do you realize that there is never a moment where your Abba Heavenly Father will shoo you away? And as we continue to yield to the Spirit of God, one of the things that God's Spirit does is He creates margin in our life. He gets priorities set in orders. He gives us values. He gives us perspective and worldviews that gives us time for quality and quantity time with our children. 
How many of you know who Abigail Van Buren was, all right? She was the wife of one of our previous presidents and uh, the Van Burens. Here, here's what she had to say regarding uh, child rearing. She said, if you want to help your children turn out well, this is just wisdom, this is just advice. She said, spend twice as much time with them and half as much money. <laughs> and that was kind of her little piece of advice, twice as much time and half as much money. Uh, so easy in this day, you know, it's easy to hand the kids, you know, the iPads or the television. It's a wonderful thing to do, you know, and sometimes when we got to get things done. But can I encourage you, as families, make memories with your kids. As the Lord would allow you, make memories with your grandkids. Can I just say this? Kids don't remember their best day of television. They're not, not going to remember it. The best, I mean, the best day of television will be a fart. It's just not going to be something that sticks in their memory. And as parents, we, when we allow Christ's Spirit to really live through us, one of the things that's going to happen is we're going to come to a place where we can make abundant time for our kids. And, and that's what Jesus is demonstrating here. He's modeling it, but he's also giving us a metaphor for how our Abba Heavenly Father relates to us. And so when we surrender to our Abba Father, when we yield to him, Christ's spirit will live through us in making time for the next generation of young Christians to making way for our children and for our grandchildren and allowing these lesser things to grow dim in perspective. Let's keep moving, though. Notice what it says here. I want you to see, to give you context, the Bible says in verse 13 that they brought young children to him. Why? What does it say? That he should touch them. That's kind of interesting. These families, these moms, these dads, they're bringing their children there to Jesus. Why? Specifically so that he would touch them. Not only is this an example for us as families, as, as for us as parents and grandparents, this is also a metaphor for how our Abba Heavenly Father, who has adopted us, engages with us as his children. I simply want to say this, you have a God, you have an Abba Heavenly Father that regularly seeks to embrace you. He seeks to take time and spend with you. He is the one who lovingly embraces you with acceptance. He lovingly embraces you with affection. He lovingly embraces you with compassion. That is your Abba Heavenly Father. And can I say this? Even when we, when we start acting like the prodigal son, even when we run away from God, even when we want nothing to do with our Abba Heavenly Father, He's always standing there with with arms wide open, waiting to embrace us when we return to his presence. That is the Abba Heavenly Father that you have. That is the Abba Heavenly Father that adores, that accepts, that loves you. Can I say, in Christ, you are no longer an outcast. In Christ, you are no longer a reject. We have been adopted by God for those of us who are in Christ and lovingly embraced by God, our Heavenly Father. And so as Jesus Jesus comes, and you're going to notice here in verse number 16, it says, and he took them up in his arms. Literally, Jesus took these children into his 
arms here and you see and put his hands upon them. Not only was he giving us a model, not only was he giving us an example for those of us who would become parents, he was also providing a symbolic metaphor for how our Abba, Heavenly Father, embraces us with his compassion and embraces us with his love and embraces us with his adoration. That is our God. That is your Heavenly Father. He adores you. Here we see as Christ lovingly and appropriately touches these children, which leads us here to our second thought this morning and kind of the second wisdom principle that we learn from Jesus about effectively interacting with children, and that is this. As parents who are filled with the Spirit of Christ, when we surrender to Christ's Spirit who lives inside of us, the Bible tells us here that we too can provide affectionate touches. Now, let me give you the definition of this word. The word touch here in this particular passage is a Greek word. It's called hapatomihi. It literally means to appropriately embrace and touch with compassion. You see in verses number 13, verses number 16, Jesus understood the value of appropriate touches. Uh, Later on, you'll see in Mark chapter number 6, verse 56, the Bible says, and as many as touched Jesus were made whole. Can I say to you, there is something unique that happens when Jesus would touch somebody. Man, something was made different. Can I also say to you, when you are embraced by a loving Heavenly Father, as you are embraced by His love and embraced by His compassion and embraced by His adoration, you are not the same anymore. You're different. I remember when my daughter, Ashlyn, who was nine years old, when she was a a little girl, she used, to, she used to do this thing, and I'd be working, and I could easily get zoned out on different things, and she'd kind of be like a toddler, kind of playing around me and stuff, and she'd play on this side and play on that side, and, and without even really noticing it, uh, Ashton would have this little thing where she'd start climbing on me. Any of your children ever did this? And they just start climbing on you, and, and they're kind of on your shoulder. And I remember, I'd, I'd literally have some moments where all of a sudden I'd zone in, you know, after kind of focusing on work, and literally my daughter would be sitting on my head, and she'd just be sitting there, you know, she'd having a great time, literally feet on my shoulders, sitting on my head. And she just, she wanted that closeness with her father. And you know what a beautiful thing it is when we, as his children, desire that closeness, that embrace of a loving heavenly father. Uh, One comedian said it this way, "When when my kids become wild and unruly, I use a nice, safe playpen. Then when they're finished, I climb out, you know, and that was kind of her way of dealing with wild, unruly children. I don't know if you've ever had a a situation where your kids got like, you're going to lock yourself in a closet somewhere, if you've ever felt like that as a a parent before. Um, Somebody said it this way, to be in your kids' memories tomorrow, you have to be in your kids' lives today. And uh, what a wonderful thing it is, the gift, the stewardship that God gives us in our children and in our grandchildren Touch actually is one of the first senses to develop in the womb. Believe it or not, of the five senses, touch is the first one at eight weeks in the womb. 
uh, an infant, a baby, begins to experience the sensation of touch. It is the first sense to develop in the womb. It is also the last sense to leave in old age. You will lose your hearing in old age. You'll lose here even your ability to see in old age. It is your sense of touch that is the last sense to leave. And a lot of, uh, a lot of studies have been done to show how essential to the health and well-being of a human's emotional, physical, and mental development as long as it is appropriately displayed. Uh, In 1940, there was a doctor by the name of Fritz Talbot who began studying the effects of touch on sick infants. He discovered that there was a strong connection here between touch and a baby's, a premature baby's ability uh, to survive. Uh, Babies that were held, touched, and mothered were thriving even when all other medical possibilities had been exhausted. The need for touch is especially true with premature babies. In one particular study, premature babies who received just like a gentle, appropriate daily massage thrived better and had 50% more daily weight gains than those that went untouched. In addition, these babies had more efficient metabolisms and were released from the hospital on an average of six days earlier than those that had not experienced that touch. And so there are just tons of studies that show how children for development need to experience that appropriate embrace of a parent, of a grandparent, of a, of a loved one in that way. Studies report that the need for appropriate touch dramatically increases for girls during their preteen years. And uh, you think, man, as a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old, lots of studies have been done how vital it is to a, a young girl's uh, just maturity and her development that they get that loving, appropriate embrace from parents and how it helps to mature them in that way. One interesting study talked about how while girls uh, sometimes will receive that from a mother, will receive that from parents, uh, boys often do not receive that type of love in those ways. In fact, girls are five times more as likely to receive it than boys, but boys are just in need of those appropriate loving touches just as much as girls are. And so this is why as uh, boys are getting five, six, seven years old, it's probably why it's a good reason just to kind of rest with your boys and with your grandchildren. Why? There's that, there's that emotional, physical need that is getting just displayed through those opportunities. So as parents, when we allow Christ's Spirit, as grandparents, when we allow Christ's Spirit to live through our lives, what will begin to happen? We'll provide that abundant time. God will lead us to create margin in our lives for children, for grandchildren, uh, for those affectionate and appropriate touches. But let's keep moving. Notice what it says in verse 16. And Jesus took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them. Notice this. I want you to see this specifically. And blessed them. If you're used to writing in your Bible, I desperately want you to underline that word blessed in this context. In ancient biblical times, a blessing was something that was very powerful in ancient civilizations, especially in this ancient culture. It was something that was much more normal. In fact, in American culture, this uh, tradition hasn't caught on quite the same way sociologically, but it is incredibly, incredibly powerful, especially in the human development of a child, of a grandchild. And, And literally here we see Jesus blessing the 
these kids. What is blessing? A blessing is an announcement of divine favor. It is an announcement, a verbal announcement of that divine favor. And so Jesus was literally blessing these children. He was articulating with his words a favor, affirmation upon these kids verbally with his words, with his speech. And, and so often in the day and age in which we live, we're so good at giving our kids material possessions and we'll buy them toys and we'll buy them things. But when was the last time you simply blessed your child? With your words, you blessed them. You affirmed them. Literally, with, with, your, with, with your speech, you spoke life into them. Can I say this? This is not just a children thing. This is all of us. Man, the last time you had somebody come into your life and just speak life into you, to speak affirmation, to declare what God says to be true about you and to echo that in your presence. It's a beautiful and wonderful thing. It's a tradition that I believe needs to be recaptured in the church. Oh, yes, for our children, learning to become comfortable again with blessing them verbally, blessing them with uh, our words, blessing them with our speech, giving that favor, that affirmation to them. And this is exactly what Jesus does. First of all, he makes time for them. He says, you're, you're important. You can come into my presence. Then he opens up his arms and embraces them. He touches them appropriately. He spends time with them. And then with his words, he literally begins to affirm them. He blesses them. And whether your child is five years old or 50 years old, they need a blessing. Some of you are struggling psychologically and emotionally right now because you never got that from your parents. You're 40, 50, 60 years old, and you still struggle. Because that's what you wanted. All you wanted was dad just to affirm, to bless. Maybe you didn't get it, so you would be reminded of how important it was. And you can be a giver of the affirmation that you receive from God. Can I, can I remind you of something? God blesses us with his word when he declares who we now are in Christ. He says, you are a new creature. This is what our Abba, Heavenly Father, does for us. He affirms us. He blesses us verbally. He gives us a divine announcement of favor upon our lives. As we were reading in Ephesians, he declares with his word that who we are in Christ, that we are new in Christ. With his words, he declares that we are forgiven with his word he declares that we are loved with his word he declares that we are accepted with his word he declares that we are adored with his word he declares that we are adopted why because we have an abba heavenly father who blesses us verbally who blesses us with our his speech who affirms us daily with his word in christ we are no longer cursed we're not in Christ, as a believer, as a Christian, you are not cursed anymore. You are blessed in Christ. All this leads to the final piece of wisdom principle that we learn from Jesus about effectively interacting with our children, and that is simply this. 
as parents, if if we're walking with Christ, as parents who are filled with the Spirit of Christ, and, and every one of you have placed your faith and trust in Christ, you are indwelt by the divine. You have the Spirit of Christ within you that wants to live its life out through you. And so we see all who are indwelt with the Spirit of Christ, we too can have affirming talks and encouraging conversations with our children. Notice that, affirming talks. God the Heavenly Father did this for His own Son, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter number 3, verse 17. God from heaven declares, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. When was the last time you allowed that to be modeled, that reminder of what God says toward us? to be declared toward you. Now, we're in Christ. Christ is in us. Guess what? Because of Christ's righteousness and what he did on the cross, God, our Heavenly Father, is well pleased with you. Not because of your own righteousness, but because of the righteousness that has been placed on your account. It is as if God, the Heavenly Father, Abba Father, says to you, this is my son, this is my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Did you know your Heavenly Father is well pleased with you? Now, because of that, we, we too can bless our children. A parent, by God's grace, should fill the bucket of a child's life so full of verbal affirmation that the world can't poke enough holes to drain it dry. Man, that you're just, you're blessing your child. You're blessing your children, your grandchildren, those people around you. Maybe it's not your own children. Maybe it's, just a, maybe it's just a young Christian. They're a child in the faith. Oh, take the opportunities to bless them, to verbally affirm them. That's what Jesus is doing here. Let me give you a couple practical things in regards to this. This is, real, this is wisdom thoughts. This is not necessarily thus saith the Lord, but if you want to cultivate and develop this in your own lives, what are some ways we can do this? Let me just remind you of this. The way you talk to your children tends to become their inner voice. All of us have them. <laughs> it's been kind of weird, <laughs> you know. You got those voices that like you talk in and this and that. The, the the tone in which you talk to your children as parents often will become their inner voice. The tone in which they dialogue as adults. It's a good reminder. The best way you can train your children to be active listeners, how many of you feel like, I'm just trying to get my children to listen. I'm just trying to get them to, man, I don't even know if they're, if they're listening to me, and I want them to get them to listen. Can I say this? Probably the best way to help your children and train your children, very practically, it's just wisdom, to be active listeners, here's, here's how, is by actively listening to them. Now, I understand when your child is three years old, I, I, I know very few two- and three-year-olds who won't just talk to a parent. They, they want to talk, man. They're always coming up to mom and dad. And they might be shy around strangers and things like that, but when it comes to their parents, man, they're, they, they found a bug. They're in the backyard. Look at this really cool leaf. Look at this picture I drew. They all look the same. You know, they're just you know, little circles with a, with a little line underneath it. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. That's, but they're, they're wanting to engage. They're wanting to converse. I don't know of a two- or three-year-old that doesn't want to engage with their parents. As they get older, they begin to learn. They get trained that mom, dad doesn't really care 
about having conversations with me. And then when they're 14, 15, and 16, and now as parents, we want to have conversations with them. What happened? (laughs) They had five or six years where they wanted to have conversations with you. I'm not saying if they're older, it's too late. I'm just saying what a wonderful opportunity. The way you train your children to listen is by listening to them, by, by being attentive to their desires and to their hobbies and to their interests. And that's how you, you train them to listen, by listening to them. When it comes to this affirming talks, encouraging conversation, blessing them, one thing we can do is ask open-ended questions. Try to ask questions that don't have a yes or no answer. And uh, this, is, this can be difficult at times. I've got, I've got one of my children, they'll just talk and talk and talk, and I've got, I've got another one, just kind of doesn't, that's not the personality, they tend to be a little bit more closed, and so every child's different, and how we're going to interact with them is going to be different, and this is important to understand. And then let me just say lastly, from a practical perspective, weave Christ into the, the, to the, to the content of your conversations. Man, make it, make it natural to speak of the things of Christ who Christ is, let, let them not only hear about Jesus in Kidsville on Sunday morning, may the theme of Christ be something that gets heard throughout the week in their own homes. As parents, when we allow Christ to live through our lives, we'll provide abundant time as the Spirit lives through us. We'll provide those affectionate and appropriate touches. We'll apply, we'll um, be able to just provide those affirming talks. My friend was telling me a story about one time he took his little two-and-a-half-year-old daughter out on a little breakfast date, and uh, I may have told this story before, but he took her out, and he was talking to her, and he wanted to take an opportunity just to bless her. You know, he wanted her to know that she was affirmed and she was loved, and, and so he took her out, and they had some pancakes, and they were sitting across the table from each other, and he just looked into her eyes, and, and he said, I just want you to know you're beautiful. She got a big smile on her face. He kept going and said, man, your mom and dad, uh, your, your mom and I are, are so proud of you. And her smile got even bigger. He began to go through and just affirm her, affirm just the qualities of Christ that had been exuded through her, those character, the integrity, those things about who she really was at her essence and just took time to encourage and to affirm, to literally to bless those things. And her smile just got bigger and bigger. And he, after a while, he kind of stopped, went back to eating his breakfast. And she didn't eat. She looked at her dad and she said, longer, daddy, longer. And he thought, what? And so he went back to giving her affirmations and and blessing her with those words and finding more things that he could compliment and affirm and encourage. Then he went back to eating his pancakes. And once again, she didn't eat. She looked at him and she said, longer, daddy, longer. And he was reminded of something. That even at the youngest of age, children desperately need a blessing. I know you need a blessing. You need to be blessed. You need somebody to come along and affirm you. And I'm going to say this. Your heavenly father affirms you. Even if the person down the road doesn't. Even if your mom or dad never did. Even if you don't have friends that affirm and encourage, I just want to declare to you that you have all the affirmation that you need in the person of Christ. Your Abba Heavenly Father can fill your affirmation tank absolutely full. So if you're sitting here and like, well, I can't give it because I never got it, I want to say to you, you have it. It's yours in Christ. Open up this word. Dive into the promises, the affirmations of God and remind yourself afresh and anew of who your Abba Heavenly Father declares 
requires you to be in Christ, you are forgiven and you are loved and you are accepted and you are adopted and you are new in Christ. You're not who you used to be. Allow the affirmations, the blessings of the Lord to literally shower you afresh and anew today so that then you can overflow in affirmation and blessing toward others. Your hope is not in your spouse blessing you. Your hope is not in your parents blessing you. Your hope is found in the fact that you have an Abba Heavenly Father who continually pours out and showers you with his affirmational blessings. While this was no, in no ways an exhaustive study here on parenting, I know there are many other things we could have dived into and talked about when it deals with parenting or or grandparenting or whatever the case may be. Here are just a few thoughts from this particular passage that I hope will help us to raise up the next generation in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And let me just end with this. Uh, Many of you will know of our founding, one of our founding fathers by the name of Patrick Henry. Uh, He was famous for giving his speech, give me liberty or give me death. And most of us would have learned about Patrick Henry there in school. Uh, In his last will and testament, literally, uh, that he had written, he wrote this statement. I thought it was just brilliant. He says, I have now disposed, this was at the end of his will, after he had given away his earthly possessions. He says, I have now disposed all of my property to my family. However, there is one more thing I wish to give them, and that is my Christian faith. If they have that, and I had not given them one more penny, they would be rich. And if they had not that, and I had given them all the world, they would indeed be poor. Let me encourage you to look to pass the faith that you possess, the the affirmation, encouragement, the love, the salvation that is provided to us in the person of Jesus Christ and pass our faith, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to that next generation. Can I say this? Even if you didn't get it all right, maybe you're sitting here and a message like this is really discouraging. It's like depressing. Can I say this? The ultimate hope for your child is not in how you parented them. Maybe you're sitting here and think, man, I I so wish I could turn back the clock and do it all over again. I want to say to you, there is still hope. Because for your children, their ultimate hope was not in the way in which you navigated parenting. Their ultimate hope is in their Abba Heavenly Father and how He will parent them. And so even for those of us who are in the middle of parenting young children, help us to find our confidence not in our ability to parent, but in God's ability to parent children through us. Our hope is God. And if your kids are older and out of the house, let me just encourage you, place your hope in Christ. Place your hope in in Abba, Heavenly Father, who loves your children even more than you do and cares for them. And will continue to parent them even long after they've left your home. So let me ask you this, and we'll be done. How are we doing at allowing Christ to mentor our children and the next generation of Christians through us? How are we doing at this? Oh, that we would provide them at a time 
that we provide those affirming and encouraging talks, those conversations, and that we would be what Christ wants to be through us. Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.